I went there with a colleague and we were walking around for like half of the day, freezing and finding these little like places to hang out before she she hunkered down somewhere. And I went looking for the restroom and I ended up finding there's a full sized mall in the middle of the festival (laughs) with like Pizza Hut and everything. And I was just like, you need to come here. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't want to ask. There's so many things I want to do in Ice World. I feel like I would be totally lining up for the long big slide and then i would be taking photos of all of the giant oh no don't do the slide if you are listening and you're in harbin you need four of these slides the the line for the slide was like three hours long that is the overall trend of this world maybe there's something that connects people on a much easier schedule so they can know each other and we can eliminate some of the stupid differences that we have yeah exactly because we don't know the other people that's a good word stupid difference Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Welcome to The Bridge. My name is Jason, and today with me is Alex. Hi, Alex. Hello, everybody. This is Alex. I'm also very happy. (laughs) Well, we just got back from New Year's, or I guess it's still ongoing, so Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, and Happy New Year to all of our listeners who celebrate. Yeah, and if you guys are a year of the long, year of the dragon, you know, make sure you wear some Mm. red socks for the rest of the year. Today, we want to talk about tourism (laughs) and how, you know, the economy has been impacted by this very successful Chinese New Year. Chinese tourists are the largest group of tourists globally. They are highly Mm. educated about the world and are great savers who love to splurge on overseas travel. They choose destinations in nations which are friendly. And we've seen that a lot this last year or two, you know. So Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about that. We're going to discuss this and measures China is taking to ensure it's easier than ever to to come to China to visit ancient and futuristic cities. What do you think? Where did you go for Chinese New Year? I didn't go anywhere personally. I just went back to my parents' house and we stayed for a couple of days, ate a lot of food. But my parents, as we record right now, are still in Hainan, which is kind of like the Hawaii of China. It's a beautiful island, very Mm. tropical. They just sent me a video of the nice hotel room they're staying at. And there was a lot of bragging in that video. And I try not to take that very personal but Mm. they're having a great time in a different place and they actually wanted to go to New Zealand for this Chinese New Year Um, I convinced them not to because it's really (laughs) because they came up with the the idea a little bit too late in the whole decision-making timeline for Mm. Chinese New Year travel plans. And the price was a little bit, you know, higher up because a lot of people are trying to go. And I just told my parents that it's not worth it. We should pick a better season to go where it's not too costly for us to go there. So they pick Hainan instead. Well, you know, uh, I think that's really interesting. I wanted to actually talk about uh, Hainan Island specifically later, but, you know, it's interesting because China has been changing a lot of visa policies to make it easier for people from different countries to come to China and visit. And Hainan has this special province Mm. and it has this special uh, visa policy that just came out only for that province. And it gives free visa travel to Hainan to like 48 countries, including United States and Canada. So if you're from the United States, I think it starts in about a month. You can go visit Hainan with no visa. That means you can come to China 
visa free if you're just going to Hainan. I heard about that. I wasn't sure how it uh, it works exactly. And the thing is far a little far for me as well. But the goal this year for Alex is to do more projects and make more money so that if my friends want to come to Hainan mm. visa free, just so that we can be in China, they can see my country and I can just easily make the make the decision of flying down to Hainan to meet up with my friends and we can just have a couple of days to chill on the beach which sounds like a great idea right which now. Which zodiac sign are you Alex? Chinese zodiac. Chinese zodiac. I, next year is going to be my year so I'm trying to make the most of this year because apparently next year there will be hardships. Oh really? I'm a snake. I'm a snake too but you know. <laughs> oh you are. I heard this year is going to be fantastic for snakes. That's what I heard <laughs> from a lady on Instagram. I don't know but she said uh-huh. Dragon is a snake year for like incredible success so if this is your year to be successful oh my god then, even, even yeah. since before chinese new year i was like "Ooh, 2024 is going to be great for me or like this year just somehow <laughs> yes 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 that please and but also more more contribution to society and more oh sure 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 positive energy <laughs> to other people around me jason i am trying mm. to be a more noble person well, okay i want to before we get into all the details about chinese folks traveling abroad and folks traveling to china in the visa policies and that kind of stuff and, mm-hmm. and where Chinese people are going. I want to talk about this Chinese New Year, the record travel that is going on. So I got a few yeah. different pieces of information from the Global Times, which is Chinese media, and they would know because they have access to it. So this is from today. This is from the Global Times, and it says in one subheading, tourism Boom. And during the eight Chinese Lunar New Year holidays Mm. uh, that ended on Saturday, 474 million domestic trips were made up 34.3% year on year. uh, And the total domestic tourism jumped 47.3% year on year to 632.69 billion yuan. Uh, That's about a hundred billion dollars. So that's it's how much was spent in like a, <laughs> uh, in, a, in like a week. You guys spent a hundred billion dollars on shopping and traveling. I'm a little confused because I have some more data. Mm. Uh, seems to contradict, but maybe it's that wording thing. So this uh, is also from the Global Times, and it's mm-hmm. China's 2024 Spring Festival Travel Rush. That is the title of the infographic. Mm. And it says that there were 9 billion trips estimated to travel for tourism, visiting relatives and leisure during the spring travel rush. So, you know, there are only 1.4 billion people. I'm thinking this includes like not just trains, not just planes, but like car rides too. a lot of a lot of self-driving trips were made during the Chinese New Year. Yeah. On the same infographic, it's interesting you you say that because it says 80 percent self-driving tours will hit a record high with a share of around 80 percent. So 80 percent of all uh, travel is self-driving tours. I don't know. Does that does that mean to another city? Because I'm not it doesn't specify. And I'm wondering. Probably, yeah, probably to another city because, I mean, a lot of people are going back to their hometown and that probably constitutes part of the driving. But a lot of people are also just taking on their own car and going to, you know, if they're not going back to their hometown or they want to make a traveling Chinese New Year, then they would drive as well. And there is actually quite a lot of favorable policies for people to to go. And there's discounts for for tolls. And I think it's like toll free for seven days or eight days and becomes kind of a a game that people play as well. And a lot of people try to get back right before they stop that. And, you know, some people miss it by like two seconds. And then it's like incredibly high tolls that they would have to pay because their kid had to make a a peace stop in the middle of their journey. (laughs) 
so a lot of a lot of funny jokes coming out of it. There's two days, one at the beginning, one at the end of of the holiday that, that are the I want to say worst, but I should say busiest. So I usually try to leave mm. the day before that and come back to home the day before that, so that it's not it's usually really still busy, but it's not like crazy busy because you've seen the pictures of like the stations and stuff right mm. my gosh yeah 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 it's uh it's only like the beginning and the end i think because i you know if you listen to our shows and jason knows this i don't have a driver's license and a lot <laughs> of the driving things don't really concern me as much only when it becomes a problem or when it's funny that gets my attention <laughs> when you're finally going for your driver's license you we should do a show about what oh that process God, is like that's uh, now that's so much pressure jason it's way too much pressure you know, <laughs> well summer's like, taking her test soon and she's she studying is? all the time yeah okay, and it's, I need to talk it's to her. brutally hard like in america i studied for like a week and took the test and i passed it was no big deal yeah. but for her it's like the level of memorization of like the laws is so on another level than the california driving test oh i think that part will be easy i think really? that part is going to be easy for uh-huh. me it's the, actual, <laughs> it's, the, it's the actual driving driving test you know and and then i was talking to a friend and this friend said i can't remember how exactly the conversation came up, but the person, I can't even remember which friend it was, but it was <laughs> what the person said was very clear. The person said, you know what, if you're at this age without a driver's license, maybe it's just meant to be that you don't drive for the rest of your life. Just try, <laughs> just, just well, if you wait five years, <laughs> it'll just all be AI anyway, right? That's what I'm thinking. Like, you know, now the, with the speed of technology advancing, maybe, maybe we will just, uh, be in driverless cars in 10 years and I don't need to I just need to endure 10 years of shaming and Wuhan they have toll taxi fleets that are made up of driverless cars now they wanted to roll it out there first so it's probably going to be everywhere way before 10 years probably going to be everywhere within a you know a, just a couple years it's right around the corner so I wanted to read some more statistics before I move on to international tra- travel this is from Global Times and is about international travel it says the National Immigration Administration said on Sunday that border checks nationwide handled 13.52 million entrances made by Chinese and Mm. foreign travelers. That's people coming into China. 13.52 million people came to China with the daily average reaching 1.69 million up 2.8 times over 2023. 90% of the levels of 2019. So let me just kind of boil that down. So it makes sense. It doesn't just sound like a bunch of numbers. So it's a lot better than 2023. But it's not quite to the same level as 2019, which means there's still uh, some travel recovery going on. Either that or more people are taking domestic trips than international trips this year. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, even for me, when I first made the trip going overseas, it just felt like something that was so from so long ago. I forgot. It sounds weird. If I forgot how to travel overseas, but when it comes to domestic travels, people were just really trying to make up, uh, you know, kind of. It's like a revenge travel uh, trend because they <laughs> they felt like they missed out yeah. on so much for the last three years. And wherever they can go, they will go. I've been doing that. My parents have been doing that. People around me have been doing that. Uh, but I'm surprised. I'm mm. well. I'm not surprised, but I think it'll bounce back and it'll match uh, the previous travel data with the other. You know, the new policies with a lot of we're probably going to talk about it talk about that later with all of the uh you know the relaxed visa requirements and everything like a lot of my friends were traveling during chinese new year and we are talking about just taking on going on a weekend trip to Mm. one of these you know neighboring countries because it's so easy to go now so i think uzbekistan here we come 
Oh, it's a great place to go. We're thinking about not Uzbekistan. We're actually, we might actually go to Kazakhstan. Oh, that does. I, I would love to go to Kazakhstan. That sounds great. I would love to go to all those Central Asian countries. I know some people there. I've met at various shindigs here in Beijing. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. So I want to talk about international travel. And this is also from the Global mm. Times, February 18th in numbers, booming tourism and consumption during 2024 spring festival holidays. That's an easy way to call it, just spring festival. Mm. Okay, so <laughs> this is an infographic and it uh, says the same thing on the infographic as the title. And it says, and it has kind of different numbers. So I'm, I'm a little perplexed by this, but mm. you know, maybe they're just counting different kinds of data from different kinds of organizations. But it says data released by... Chunar, Q U N A R. That's like a Chunar. yeah, yeah. Where you go, like you go somewhere, mm. or you go there, I, you go where? I don't know. Where are you? Where are you going? Yeah. Where are you going? On February seventeenth, shows that Chinese tourists visited one hundred and fifteen countries, covering one thousand seven hundred and fifty-four cities around the world during the twenty twenty-four Spring Festival holidays. So that's more than half of all of the countries in the world that were just covered in like a week. Wow. I wanted to talk about this as an American because there was an article by a CNN reporter where she's standing in New York and she says, where are all the Chinese tourists? <laughs> um, before I answer wh where I think they are, what, what do you think, Alex? Um, I think Southeast Asia, for sure, a lot. <laughs> and then apparently there's been a really uh, an up uptick for uh, middle, uh, sorry, Middle Eastern countries like mm. uh Saudi Arabia. Is that correct? Is it, yeah, Dubai. Saudi Arabia and, and Dubai, yeah. Yeah, that sounds... And Abu Dhabi. Well, I mean, I just want to say this as an American, and I think it's important that it gets said, is that America hasn't exactly been the friendliest country to China internationally in media relations over the last couple of years. And it should be expected that for American, you know, the tourist economy, that fewer Chinese people would be interested in coming. You know, if you want people to come to your country, mm. you should be kind of nice. You know, like Thailand is always like trying to be super nice to China. <laughs> hey, let's be buddies. Let's have, you know, mutual travel. You can have visa-free travel. I can have visa-free travel. And then there's great tourism. Yeah. Chinese tourists, which are the largest class of tourists in the world, are flooding into Thailand. And Thailand, mm. Thai tourists are flooding into China. And so there's all this economic mm. activity. If America wants the largest group of international tourists in the world, Chinese folks, to come and spend big yeah. in America, they should be like, you know, friendly yeah because you know like with attractions and everything that's great but you also have to uh, factor in all of the the traveling the efforts you have to make you have to get a visa mm -hmm. and then the long travel mm -hmm. and the language barrier the time difference the oh, yeah. two three days that you're just going to spend on the way before you can even reach the land uh, and of america and know how fun it is and whatever what it has to offer if there is you know some like negative yeah. experience that is being adver advertised people are really yeah. easy to be deterred sure they can just easily say well you know what we'll go to maybe we can go to singapore at least there's no time difference right or, or at least it's just six hours of flight it's it's, it's singapore's easy. also making made visa policies really amicable for chinese travelers so i think you can travel there for 30 days without a visa that's pretty amazing yeah so a lot of countries have 
been giving really great reciprocal deals for travel lately. And China has been passing them out to countries around the world. Well, a few of the things that Americans can do, I want to say to encourage my American brothers and sisters to come over and see China for themselves is very soon you can go to Hainan with no visa. Just you fly, you land, you're there, you walk around, no big deal. You're like, hey, they're going to put a stamp in your passport and everything. Yay. But Mm. if you want to come to China's mainland, you need to keep this in mind before... Uh, like as of, as of 2023, if you wanted to come to China's mainland, when you applied, you needed to give them your pre-bought tickets and your hotel reservations. But they, China, wanting more Americans to come to China to see it for themselves, have eliminated that. So now you still do need to mm. apply for a visa if you're going to come for more than a few days. But you don't need to pre-book your flights. You don't need to pre-book your hotels. You don't need to pre-book which cities you're going to go to. You can instead just apply for the visa and then buy your tickets later, which makes it a lot oh, easier in awesome. my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And I know that the visa, you know, if you're, you are filling out that uh, online form for visa application, um, I do want to say, because we did bring a couple of guests over from the United States last year, and mm-hmm. we were able to acquire an official invitation letter from the organization that was in charge of hosting the event. And that made things a lot easier. But still, regardless, you do have to fill out that form. And then that form, there is information that you don't really think about in your daily life. And it's not even, you know, like your parents, uh, your mom's maiden name and stuff. But, you right. know, sure. and, and it is it, it can be a little bit frustrating frustrating, but I do want to say that is kind of just standard procedure. If you need to apply for a visa anywhere at all, we have to do the same thing right. if we need to go to the United States. And it's actually, you know, as a Chinese citizen, I actually need to prove, pro- I actually need to provide a lot more proof, a lot more information about where I work, what I do, how much money I make and all of that before I can even get a tourist visa. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that it's a kind of a standard procedure. <laughs> so now that you don't have to pre-book anything, it already gives you um, a lot more leeway for you to handle your your travel plan at a more comfortable pace. Well, I got to say, there are a few things going on here that are interesting because, and one thing I want to point out is that as China economy grows and its international influence grows, which is an ongoing process, um, it will become easier for Chinese travelers to travel to a lot of other countries visa-free. And so I have kind of enjoyed this as an American most of my life, when I've traveled to a lot of countries, I didn't need a visa. I arrived in Korea. They're like, hi, mm-hmm. hello, come on in. You know, I traveled to a bunch of countries just like that. After I met my wife, who's Chinese, <laughs> we would both go to the same country. She would apply for a visa and I would not. But this is actually changing now where a lot of international destinations want Chinese tourists to come because Chinese tourists are the largest group of international tourists. So visa regulations are changing around the world, allowing Chinese travelers to more easily go to those countries. And the passport will become a more and more useful tool as time goes on. One of the reasons that Americans cannot travel to China completely visa-free yet is because China wants reciprocal rights to travel to the United States visa-free. And so they're kind of holding out. While China has been making it easier and easier and easier for Americans to come over to China to work, to study, or to travel, they still want America to make it easier for our Chinese students and you know workers and uh, travelers to go to the United States to study and work and travel. So hopefully mm. over the course of the next few years, our two countries can have high level negotiations and make that process even 
easier for everyone because that's ultimately, I mean, we're called the bridge. Our goal is to help our cultures understand and get along. And if we could do have easier visa, less visa restrictions between our countries, that would allow a lot more people to understand the other side of, you know, this global culture. Yeah, I know we have been talking about this is what the show wants to do. We want to be the bridge that help people connect and help people understand each other, especially between China and the United States. And we have had shows, Jason, you and I have done quite a couple episodes about what to do, what to expect, and how much easier than you think it would be to for people in the U.S. to come to visit uh, China. But I think... Mm. I really think, um, yes, it's the, the policy is great, but our dear listeners, if you have people around you that are hesitating or, or did, had the idea of traveling to China just cross their mind, those are the people that you want to talk to because it's hard to encourage people who never even think about coming to China um, to, to just say, hey, I want to travel there because I don't want to blame people. I don't want to make people feel like they're we're on opposite sides. It's just not something that they've considered. So if you have friends who did consider it, then hopefully our mm-hmm. show has given mm-hmm. you enough information for you to talk to them. And if you work in the field of cultural exchange or business, personally, Alex, I have, you know, for the last couple of months, I have realized how easy it is for you to invite guests from America, from New Zealand, from Japan, from other countries to come to China to really have a very healthy exchange and communication. We can see each other, we can show each other's cultures, and we could build this bridge that we want to be. And and then if you don't know what to do, then listen to our shows and maybe we'll give you more tips. I want to get back to this mm. kind of flip-flopping between just spring festival holiday and international tourism. I want to throw out some mm. more statistics about Chinese economic recovery. So it is well known by people who love movies. We both love movies. This is well known too, that China has the most movie theaters of any country in the world. And one interesting statistic that mm. kept popping up while I was in, I was in Wuhan, by the way, for spring festival. I went, I went to my apartment <laughs> in summer and I spent the time there. She made some amazing dumplings. Yeah. We got a big screen TV. So we were watching at movies at home. But anyways, yeah, uh, box office in China did remarkably well. And there was 8 billion yuan in ticket sales, about a 1.11 billion US dollars, setting a new historical record in China for people going to see movies this spring festival. So I think not only have movies come back, but they've come back bigger than ever. Yeah, I think we started having the idea of the Chinese New Year movie time slot, maybe even 20 years ago, there was a couple of uh, comedy movies that became very commercially successful and people started to realize, oh, Chinese New Year is a good time for us to go watch a movie. And then movie producers realized that as well. And they started producing movies for that mm. time period. And, and, and then the market did go through some kind of exploration on what movies would be the best genre, best kind of uh, pacing, best kind of uh, topic for people to like. And I feel like the past two, three years is very um, important milestone for Chinese commercial movies that kind of follow the Chinese calendar because there are movies that are 
phenomenally successful. And regardless of what critics say about the movie, just the fact that so many people went to movie theaters to watch this three or four movies all together, and these movies all become cultural topics that people can discuss for a long time, that that alone Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. a huge success and probably the breakthrough that people didn't really expect Chinese uh, movie market to have and I think this year is even better because three years ago, you know, the or five years ago, I think, or the four years ago, I can't remember, but you know, when the there was one movie that got really, really popular, everybody went to watch it is about it's the ones about the girl traveling back in time to see her mom in in her mom's young age and trying to make her happy. Uh that one was huge. And then uh that year that movie was the only one that was just phenomenally big and this year i feel like there's three four movies all together and everybody wants to see all of them and that's you know just very looks very hopeful for the film industry and that's something that you can bring your whole family to do during chinese new year that also takes you out of the house and that also also kind of is signaling the little change of what Chinese people do during Chinese New Year as well. It's also not just a matter of, you know, going to the movies because you don't just people don't just go to the movies. The movie theaters are in super malls. So you go to the super mall, you probably have dinner or you have ice cream or you go to like, you know, one of the little shops like Miniso or the Green uh, Party or whatever. And you go with shopping. So, you you know, so every time Summer and I, my wife and I go to the movies, which is um, at least once a month, mm. we end up spending hundreds, you know, on buying like a hat or a toy or dinner and this and that and seeing the movie. So the movie is just an excuse to go somewhere. It's also an excuse for me to make sure Summer watches the movie because when we try to watch movies at home, she doesn't pay attention. (laughs) But we go to the movie theater, I have her captive. You have complained about this. You've complained about this on the show before. I feel like there's a, (laughs) if Summer listens to this, I think you're going to have a conversation. Movie hostage. Later, later on. She's my movie. I want to talk about the movie with someone and she's that someone. So I have to keep her hostage and that's what the movie theater is great for. Okay, I want to throw out some more statistics about consumption. Uh-huh. And this one, I think, has got a couple of angles. This is Alipay data shows that the consumption of overseas tourists in China uh, during the spring festival holiday increased by 500% year on year. Mm. So mm. that is, uh, I guess, that, that means Chinese folks who are outside of China are using Alipay? Is that what that means? So uh, my friend, actually, we just had this conversation. She went to Thailand for Chinese New Year and she said in mm. Thailand now there's a lot of places that accept Alipay and, and, and WeChat Pay. And when I went to Malaysia last year in August, I, also, I was also able to pay stuff with Alipay. And then when I went to Singapore last year in November, was able to use Alipay as well. And then the feedback people have when they come back from overseas, they're like, oh my God, I can just use Alipay to pay for stuff. Just the fact that alone is so amazing. So that's probably more wow. Chinese tourists traveling um, everywhere else. And then I'm my friend who's American who lives in Seoul came to visit in mm. January and I, I got him on Alipay and then he got he got hooked on it as well and he's like oh I just love <laughs> then he went to Hong Kong and then went to Macau and he's just like all of this uh, mobile payment that's kind of universal mm. I think people embrace that a lot well that's so, fantastic I, th- I hope that gets rolled out more but actually I'm more of a WeChat a Weixing Pay person myself anyway I want to throw out there's so much data here this is still from the Global Times February 18th and it says Harbin also received an, this is this, a city in China, for those of you who don't know, the home of the ice festival, which we were talking about earlier, the largest ice festival in the world. And from February 10th to 14th, the city received a total of 6.298 million tourists, an 
increase of 82.9%, which is 182.9% as much as last year. Mm. So that is almost twice as many tourists in <laughs> Harbin this year as last year. Yeah, that's the people that actually went. You need to count in the people that watched all of those short videos on different <laughs> platforms who want to go as well. The Harbin, Harbin this year is, for me, I think that's a real phenomenon. It has mm. it has created something that for the last couple of years, there's a kind of a, a, a burst of some smaller cities being kind of suddenly um Zibo. Yeah, yeah like Zibo with the with the with the barbecue and mm-hmm. some other cities with whatever little Harbin was when it first started I was like oh it's another Zibo even though it is in the northeast part of the country which is kind of half of my hometown because uh, that's mm-hmm. how we count hometowns in, in Dongbei in the northeast <laughs> um, uh, and then I, I do think that the ice world is amazing even though I haven't been and I'm not Aww. going to be very jealous that Jason has been to the ice Festival. Oh, it was fantastic. Uh-huh. One of the greatest uh-huh. experiences of my entire life. <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering, really when, am I go- when am I going to be invited on that trip to go to Harbin <laughs> and do that? Okay, not jealous at all. But um, um, when I first started, I was like, okay, sure, it's great. It's lovely. But then it kept on going and it, it's like, oh, it attracted a group of people. And then this group of people kind of it got brewed to attract another group of people. And so there's like the, you know, the girls that wouldn't want to go there to, to have cute photos. And then they attracted the families and attracted little kids. And the kids became <laughs> what we call little tangerines or so cute. And, you know, they wear the, the orange color puffy jacket. And it's just, and then it didn't stop. And then throughout this whole time there were so many stories that got dug up mm. from people working at the the ice world people traveling there the you know the way that people from the northeast treat other people and then the changes mm. that they had and so there's reactions from the workers reactions from the tourists reaction from local people uh from seeing this change in how their hometown is viewed and treated by people outside of it i think the whole period it was like it lasted over for over a month on social media where harbin just such a mm. hot topic and that's something that i've never seen before i think it's the first in china um in in when it comes to like you know a city being the hot topic on travel on tourism as well you know my feeling is it was so incredibly successful this year that next year it's going to be even bigger it's going to be phenomenal larger because Harbin's going to be like this is it we're, guys we're doubling down it's going to be gigantic so if anyone oh wants God. to go next oh by the way yeah the winter Asian games are going to be in Harbin next winter yes. also on top of the fact that the ice festival will probably be like larger and bigger can I tell one story about it before we move on I know this isn't actually the topic but I went there with a colleague and we were walking around for like half of the day freezing and finding these little like places to hang out before she she hunkered down somewhere and I went looking for the restroom and I ended up finding there's a full sized mall in the middle of the festival with like <laughs> Pizza Hut and everything. And I was just like, you need to come here. <laughs> Oh my god! I don't want to ask. There's so many things I want to do in Ice World. I feel like I would be totally lining up for the long big slide, and then I would be taking photos of all of the giant. Oh no! Don't do the slide. No? If you are listening and you're in Harbin, you need four of these slides. The line for the slide was like three hours long. So I actually I would say don't go to the slide. Do everything except the slide. Don't get in that giant line. You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna miss half of the day. But it feels so cool. It feels so fun. It's just going down the slide and they said that it's like a two two minute or however long it is I don't yeah, know it's, it's very 
very long. In my opinion, there's so much else to do and see there okay. that that's a fair point. Unless they unless they build like three slides, you yeah. know, ne- ne- for next year, I think it's it's you're wasting a lot of precious time. A couple other statistics. <laughs> Xinjiang, mm. Kashi. I've actually not been to Kashi. A sub venue of the 2024 Spring Festival Gala has become a popular. Mm-hmm. This is all from the Global Times. A popular check in place for tourists during the holidays. The daily mass- passenger flow in the area reached mm. 150,000 people coming and going per day. Yeah. So a lot of people are traveling to Xinjiang. Oh, so I think that's, God, you know, feel, that's really cool. I want to go back. I've been, but I want to go back really badly. I feel so disqualified as a Chinese person <laughs> talking to Jason every time because I've never been to Xinjiang and I've, uh, I have, uh, I was just having this conversation with a friend from Xinjiang and he was talking about, uh, shout out to Jay. He was talking about the the food and what I would need to do there and the, play, the, the places that he will like send me to or friends you sent me to I was like I've always I've always wanted to go to Xinjiang I've always wanted to try mm. their food because the way and it's not just how local Xinjiang people talk about their food is people who have traveled to Xinjiang mm-hmm. and try the food there and then they come back and they say oh my god what have I been eating for the past like 30 years or whatever but I gotta say the iced camel yogurt milk is amazing wow that is uh, that sounds wild and I would absolutely love to try it and they were also talking about the fruit did you have any of the Xinjiang fruit when you were there we went to you know, I don't know if I had any fruit specifically like fruit, but I have. Uh, we went to an almond farm where they had an almond tree that was like a thousand years old and the almonds were really good. It's just so funny that Xinjiang came up because we uh, I was just watching this uh, a variety show as well where they had the director of the tourism bureau of Xinjiang. Uh, one of the Xinjiang cities come on the show and then she introduced this delicate food from Xinjiang that people probably didn't think. And that was salmon. And she oh, yeah, brought yeah, yeah. salmon. She brought Xinjiang salmon to the show and people tried it. They were like, oh my God, it tastes amazing because of the the salmon fish meat is going to taste better with certain kind of weather condition and the temperature change and, you know, a lot of it. And then the place that they produce the salmon actually meets all of that requirement. That's why the salmon from there tastes really good. And then, you know, transporting, mm. sending that salmon to other parts of China is relatively shorter i guess you don't freeze them for freeze it for that long you know mm. compared compared with the salmon that's shipped over i don't know it's uh, one high-speed rail train away pretty much yeah. yeah you do know that at night most of the high-speed rail trains become cargo transports so like anything you want to send gets overnight because it's on high-speed rail literally sometimes sitting in a human seat so i thought that i've seen pictures of it it's really cool oh, wow. um they also have other v- other cars that specifically are for uh, transporting goods, but I, I think it's amazing. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. I want to talk about what you pointed out. I think it's really interesting. You say, oh, Jason, you've traveled to all these places. When I was living in California, I was constantly meeting Chinese people, foreigners, you know, in San Francisco. Mm. And they had, they would have said, Oh, I've, I've been to Yellowstone. Have you been to Yellowstone? Yeah. And I'm like, no. And I'm like, I've been to the grand, the grand Canyon have been, you've been to the grand Canyon. And I'd be like, no. So all the places that I thought I was supposed to travel as an American were always traveled to well by Chinese tourists. And I guess it's the same thing. We, I come over here. I'm like, Oh, I'm in China. I want to go everywhere. But when I was in America, I didn't want to go anywhere. But Jason, I didn't go to the grand Canyon or Yellowstone either when I was in America. What does that make me? Just a lazy traveler. (laughs) (laughs) 
Mm. Well, you know, I was trying to make a point there. I guess it didn't work out. I appreciate the effort, but (laughs) it was my fault. So, yeah, I got a couple of pieces of old data. And the reason I have them is to make a point about the trend to come and the trend we've kind of already pointed out. So this is these are all from Statista. Statista is like the place to get information for laymans like myself. It's not my favorite, but it's definitely in the top 50. (laughs) They do make a lot of mistakes and I wish they would correct them. But that I have one, this is from 2012. It says, the title is Chinese Become World's Biggest Tourism Spenders. So this is the year that it happened. China overtook Germany mm. and the United States to become the largest tourism spenders of any country in the world. That's when it happened, 2012. Mm. By 2014, here's a new chart. Chinese tourists spent $165 billion abroad in 2014, making them number one, followed by the United States, followed by Germany. And then another one, this is 2018. So this is just before the pandemic, the tourists splashing the most cash. That's the title. And Chinese people were spending (laughs) roughly double what the people from the United States were spending abroad, a $277 billion spent abroad versus the United States, $144 billion spent abroad as tourists. So now we're coming back to where we are now, 2024, and we see that Chinese tourists went to 115 countries, largely in Southeast Asia, the Middle East, and elsewhere, but they're going to countries where they feel welcome, and they're bound over the next year or two and into the future to be spending upwards of a quarter trillion dollars abroad. So for me, as an American, I'm thinking, you know, the U.S. economy could use some of this cash. Americans, you need to be friendly to <laughs> Chinese people, because if they come over, they're going to be going to the Grand Canyon. They're going to be, unless they're Alex, they're going to be going to the Yellowstone. They're going to be going to Las Vegas and they're going to be spending a ton of money. They're the biggest spenders in the world on tourism that, you know, Chinese people have a 40% savings rate. This is well documented, but when Chinese people are traveling, they just flash the cash. It's when the, that's when the bank account opens up. So that's how we, you know, if us Americans, I'm sorry, Alex, I'm, I'm betraying all of your people. But we need to, if we want some Chinese money, we need to get them to come over as tourists. Yeah, and, and it's fun to meet Chinese people. And we're, we offer a very different culture perspective, <laughs> you know. And then we, we believe, we do believe, um, uh, there's a saying we call which means like you could be a little frugal at home, but when you're traveling, you want to be comfortable with whatever mm. you're spending. So we'd like to be able to just enjoy our trip and also... Uh, make sure that we can pay for things that we that could make it more fun for us, even for students or young people who like to travel on a very tight budget. They will still spend money on what is necessary because they're, you know, you've already spent all of that money on on, on plane tickets and, and, and accommodation. You might as well just try to make sure you go into all of these national parks that's that are not expensive it's just, just alex never has been to any of those it'll be <laughs> it'll be fun it'll be fun for both sides well i think vegas is usually a big hit spot for a lot of chinese tourists that i know personally my own personal experience with a lot of my friends when i was living in san francisco who were from china who were studying in san francisco they would always prioritize going to las vegas i'm not really sure why maybe it's the shows maybe it's the gambling i don't know but a lot of Chinese people love to go to Vegas and, you know, I, in wine yeah. country, there was a, there's wine country north of San Francisco, San Mateo County. And a lot of Chinese go up there to go on wine t- tasting. So, you know, it's, 
it, it is amazing. Chinese people do save a lot of their money at home and then they go abroad. The same is true of my wife, Summer, a Chinese person. Uh-huh. And she usually lets us stay at really nice hotels when we go abroad. Mm. But when we're at home, it's like, no, no, you can't buy that. It's it's going to cost five quiet. Use this coupon. And like, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do that. It kind of makes sense because when you're traveling, it's like, you know, you travel maybe twice or three times a year. But when you're at home and it's every day, like you're going to order a 45 quad cups of coffee, a 40, 45 quad cup of coffee every day. Then that adds up to, you know. Yeah. Well, so another thing I wanted to talk about visas again. So this is from vnexpress.net. That is the name of it. It's written by Huang Vu, mm. January 26, 2024. Indonesia eyes 1.5 million Chinese tourists this year. So I guess Indonesia, you know, Indonesia's economy is growing at like 10% or something is higher than 10%. So it looks like Indonesia is going to be a new, very wealthy country wow. in the coming t- decade or so. So a lot of Chinese people are going uh-huh. to Indonesia to travel. And they're in Thailand. Another article, also VN Express, also same author, Huang. Uh, Thailand aims for 8 million Chinese tourists this year. This comes from January 2024. Wow. I, I believe that. Huh. I know that I went to a resort in Thailand a few years ago. Maybe 2018. And I got to the resort and every person there was Chinese. It was it was like amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they probably already had two million of the goal (laughs) reached for this year because everyone like I I was looking at my moments, WeChat moments, every couple of posts, there's like one moment about traveling the person traveling in Thailand. I personally know my friend, uh, I have another friend who just went to Thailand because she's like, I just want to go, but I don't want to go when everybody's there. So mm. she just went yesterday. And there's, I I know personally at least four or five people slash families that went to Thailand mm. for Chinese New Year. Okay, this is from the BBC. This is uh, January 2nd, 2024. Thailand and China to waive visa requirements from March. So that is like next month. Next month, Thailand and China. You can just show up in each other's countries. I think that's pretty cool, actually. Really, really neat. Oh, I thought it was already in. I thought it was already in place. Oh, I mean, it's been announced as a weeks ago, but it, it takes a little time for these. This another article. This is new. CGTN.com. Oh. China Malaysia tourism visa free travel to boost travel in both directions. So another country that you can go to with no visa, Malaysia. So Thailand, yeah. Malaysia, Singapore. Uh, increasingly, more and more countries are giving Chinese tourists visa free travel because they want some of that spending cash yeah i mean uh i have other friends who are in kl right now as we speak because the visa requirements were kind of lifted as well and even before that it was easy for me to get a travel visa to malaysia i just did it all on my own at home and you pay a little fee and i think hopefully like we said that expands to more countries because right now for me personally i think it speaks to other people as well uh if i'm traveling if i'm making travel decisions i will probably prefer or prioritize those countries where I don't need a visa to go to, like Georgia. Exactly. Summer and I are thinking the same thing. In the past, we've been choosing the countries based on like, you know, our upbringing, movies we've seen. But now we're increasingly looking for countries for which (laughs) neither of us need a visa. And like, aha, we found where we're going. So, you know, it it does make it easier. And if people do want some of the cash, which is coming in from China, they need to make it easier for Chinese people to go there. Because why would you choose to go to 
to a country where you need to fill out a form and get permission to come when you could just show up. I mean, it does make a huge difference. Yeah. So this is another article and we mentioned this already, but this starts on February 9th. So it's already happened. This is from Chinabriefing.com. The title is China, Singapore, 30 day mutual visa exemption starts February 9th. So that means if you want to go to Singapore, Alex, show up tomorrow and they'll just be like, hello, my friend, come on in. I know. Uh, Last year, I got a a two year multiple entrance visa to Singapore when I went to the uh, the only dance uh, Afro-Cuban festival there. And this year they eliminated the travel, the visa travel requirement. And I already bought the ticket to the festival again. So I'm going at the end of November. Mm, exactly. Yeah. So that's fantastic. And my wife is in love with Singapore. I don't know why. I feel like Singapore. <laughs> I feel like sometimes she's cheating with me on me, with, but with Singapore, because she's always, I want to go to Singapore this. <laughs> I want to go to Singapore that. And I'm like, well, you know, well, Singapore doesn't, you know, like come home at night and like <laughs> clean the dishes. You know? oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. The level of jealousy is ridiculous. Jason. I am. I'm jealous of Singapore. I think she may love Singapore more ridiculous. than me. I'm, I'm, I'm cons- very concerned about this. It's like I have two cats. When I pet one cat, the other cat, whichever it is, is always looking. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You, you could have petted me. And every time she talks about Singapore, I'm like, you, you, why Singapore? What about Jason? You know. <laughs> Oh my god. I don't even know how to come back from that. I know, I know, it's weird, I know. It's just me. (laughs) Oh yeah. You're listening to the bridge. So this is really remarkable, actually, and I hope this is not just, you know, temporary for a year or two, but I hope that these kind of visa exemptions can grow and last and more countries can drop visa, you know, we could just have a world in which it's easier and freer to move around in that would make i think a lot of people happier it would also not just our show where we're trying to bridge the west and east where we're just trying to bridge united states and china but like all countries we all need to understand each other better so that we can you know create a better world where everyone gets along everyone understand each other better yeah for sure i think Maybe this is a sign because, you know, uh, we as I mean, I'm just happy that I grew up around around this time as a Chinese person. And I can look at so many more countries that me as a Chinese citizen can just go to. And I feel like that is the overall trend of this world. Maybe there's something um, that is going to happen that connects people on a much easier schedule so they can know each other and we can eliminate some of the stupid differences that we have yeah exactly because we don't know the other people that's a good word stupid difference <laughs> okay so and they are they are you know what i'm talking about so i got this from china briefing yeah i know what you're saying yeah ex- exactly it's it's the ignorant differences you know like oh my gosh you eat that like really who cares you know <laughs> i got but people back home in america they love to eat brain and they have something called what is it mountain oysters it's bull testicles okay so we eat some pretty weird stuff ourselves guys come on yeah all right so so i this is from china briefing and it says china has signed agreements on mutual visa exemption with 150 countries that's like that's three quarters of the world basically and i i have another list and these are countries that can where you can travel to china let me read read it exactly so I don't mess it up. I don't want someone to say that I misled them. Citizens from these countries are allowed to travel to China without a visa for up to 30 days for the purpose of tourism, travel, business, and visiting family or friends. These countries are mm. Armenia, the Bahamas, Barbados, Belarus, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Dominica, 
Fiji, Granada, the Maldives. I hope I'm this this next one. I'm not sure how to say Mauritius, 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 San Marino, yeah. Serbia. So that, I think you know, I think that's really fantastic. And also, there are countries with 15 visa free travel to China. And it mentions in the past these countries have been Brunei, Singapore, and Japan. Oh, All- Seychelles. Seychelles, <laughs> really? Seychelles. Seychelles, yeah. Seychelles, yes. Yeah, Where's Seychelles? Yeah, I know that. I just I know this because it's just because the the translation in Chinese is Seychelles. Yeah, so there are also uh, some 144 hour visa free transit times where you can yes. travel to China. So Beijing has, I think, 72 hour visa free transit. That means if you're traveling to another 144, is it 144? Yeah, it's 144. <laughs> well, then there's another one. There's two lists here. So okay, mm. 144 hours that means okay say you're from germany right you want to come to china but you don't have a visa well go to japan right get a ticket to tokyo via beijing mm. but then stay in beijing for a few days and then you can hang out in beijing you know get the experience of going to the great wall mm. and going to the forbidden city and Tianjin, all that then you jump back on your plane and complete your trip to you know seoul or tokyo or wherever yeah 144 days that's what that's uh oh my god 144 hours math. 144 hours <laughs> Day, sorry, 144 hours. That's how many hours? That's how many days? That's uh six, six four, five, six, six days. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. It's it, that's already. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to do the math, and it's sure, it's sure, little, sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but it's a, <laughs> it's quite a few days that you could spend in China, and especially if you have friends. You know, we have friends that travel for business, and if they could just spare a, a leg of the trip to to Beijing. You could spend three days in Beijing, and the next time, if you're traveling again, spend three days in Shanghai, five days in Hainan, or wherever. It's 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 so much easier, and I'm asking my friends to come as well. Um, if they're making a, a grand trip in Asia, then they don't need a visa to come to China. They can just we can just go somewhere else afterwards, and the six days they could just spent in Beijing with me. Well, you know, I think that's really nice that you can have six days, but this is brought to me by Andy Borham. He, t- he mentioned this online about a week ago. So and I have it in front of me. Uh, so international tour groups of two and above who arrive on a cruise ship at the Shanghai cruise port via the Pearl River Delta with no visa can have 15 days of visa free travel in Shanghai. Wow. Yeah, so That's Beijing, insane. Beijing's policy is ha- less than half of that of Shanghai's policy. So Shanghai's like, oh no, no, come here instead. Well, it is a harbor city, uh, sort of a harbor city, but you know, Beijing is better. <laughs> oh wow, I don't know about better, different. Shanghai has definitely got some like temples and and the outlying areas outside of Shanghai. There's definitely a lot of history and culture, right? But mostly it's a gigantic super metropolis style city. Beijing has some metropolis, but it has a ton of Taoist temples, Buddhist temples, historic buildings, historic Mm. structures. Mm. So I think it it depends on what you want. If you're after like New York and Asia, right, then yeah, Shanghai. But if you're after, I want to see the cultural aspects of Chinese civilization and history than Beijing. So it's really, you know, do you like museums or do you like skyscrapers? (laughs) You know, both of them have both the other one, but one, there's a higher concentration of museums in in Beijing, moniker city of museums, and it's a higher concentration of skyscrapers in Shanghai. Yeah, 
bit while Beijing has skyscrapers too, but I, I, we need to acknowledge Jason's <laughs> efforts of trying to be fair, fair here, so that I don't get carried away with the city rivalry. But Shanghai, Shanghai is great. I'm actually going there again <laughs> next month. I love visiting the place, but I'm just a royal, very, very loyal Beijingist. You know, I, I'm very loyal Beijingist too, and I do prefer Beijing to Shanghai personally. My own aesthetic is museums. I love going to museums. I love going, to, you know, historic architecture. So that is why Beijing is more suited to my taste. In fact, the last I gave up trying to go to Shanghai like three mm. or four years ago, mm. and somehow I still ended up there two or three more times. It's there's always some needed business trip reason to go to Shanghai yeah. for me. Even though I'm just like, I'm finished. I'm not going back there. I've already seen it a few times. And then it's just like, hey, we have a trip. Do you want to go to? Sh I guess I'll go. Then. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you going to pay for the it's, trip? Sure, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, I want to mention some, a deficiency I have. And, that, you know, we're coming towards the end of the show, so I can mention a little personal stuff. Okay. I have been in China for almost 12 years. It's coming up very soon. And I have been to more than half of the provinces, autonomous regions, semi-autonomous regions, all kinds. I have never been to Guangzhou or Shenzhen. How weird is that? Wow. You've been to all of the places I'm jealous of you that you've been to. Guangzhou and Shenzhen, what's the, is there a specific reason that you didn't go or yeah. it just hasn't come up yet? <laughs> All my decisions have to be made in tandem with my wife. And every time I say to Summer, my wife, hey, let's go to Shenzhen. She's like, oh, no, 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 let's not go there. Let's go. And she'll propose a different place. So every time I propose going to Guang Guangdong, uh -huh. it gets ruled out by process, process of elimination with my partner. So then <laughs> that's why I just keep not end up going there. So I've decided I need to push back a little and be like, no, we really should go. I want to go there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, we went there last year and even though it was just one day in Guangzhou, a couple of days in Dongguan, I think that city is, uh, I know that it's a, it's a, one of the, the big four big cities in China, mm. but it still exceeded my expectation of what the yeah. city is. And then the food is great. The weather is actually not too bad. It's hot and humid, but hot and humid is better than hot and dry for me, I guess, because mm. you're, at least my skin gets better and then everywhere is properly uh, air conditioned. You can just go inside and the food <laughs> is amazing. And people had this kind of ease of attitude with life mm. for some reason, because probably because they have really amazing food. Um, <laughs> so cultural activities are abundant. We went to the city uh, library, which is massive and very, very beautifully designed. And it was a regular work day, but the the library was filled with people just in their reading. Nobody was, was, you know, talking loud or running around or doing things that are not really uh, library appropriate. And then at night, we're able to go to bars and clubs that were just super lively. And they were on the river as well. It was, it was quite beautiful. So probably going to go back, especially um, if there is a business opportunity there. We'll probably try to spend a couple more days there this year if we can. And Shenzhen, I went there as a little kid. I need to revisit as well. Hmm. You need to make it happen this year, Jason. Well, I mean, you know, I, I wanted to two years ago. I set the goal of traveling to every province of China, every single one. And I have looked at the numbers and I'm not going to, oh, by the end of 2024, I should say, I set this goal for myself at the end of 2022 and I am not going to make that. So it may take a, a, an extra year or two to accomplish that. It is a little more challenging than I had initially uh, anticipated, but I'm certainly getting closer and closer and it is inevitable as long as I don't die that I will reach this goal. Uh, <clears throat> I have some wood. I'll knock on it for us. Yeah, but I'll do it too. That's all the 
the time we have for our show. The takeaway here is Chinese tourists are spending more than ever. The Chinese economy is back in a huge way. Chinese tourists are back in a huge way. And we all need to cooperate to make it easier for travelers to come to China and to come to your country from China if you want some of that money. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Alex. Thank you so much for your time, listeners. Thank you, Jason. And thank you for our listeners in the whole world, wherever you are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.